Good morning, and it's great to see you guys. 2018 is here. What is, whether you agree or not, it is here. It is here. Let me share with you some things that I read this week. Miami Herald newspaper last summer, U.S. anxiety levels have increased sharply since 2014. New York Times newspaper this last October talking about surveys with college students that anxiety and the feeling of overwhelm has increased about 12% among college students in the last four or five years. Up to 65% of college students say they feel overwhelmed much or most of the time. The New York Times had an article last summer where a lady was interviewed and she said, the truth is, if you don't struggle with anxiety today, you are not normal. We live in a crazy world, don't we? We do. We live in a world full of stress and anxiety and depression and overwhelm. And we're starting a series this morning about how we can overcome that, how we can be sane in an insane world. We're in Matthew 11 today, if you have your Bibles. If you don't, no problem. The Scriptures will be on the screen. And we're going, in the next weeks, we're going to unpack how we can be healthy emotionally and psychologically uh, following Jesus and doing things the Jesus way. Now, let me give you a couple of thoughts. One, some of you are here this morning. You're overwhelmed, you're anxious, you're nervous, you're depressed, you're stressed. And so everything that we're going to talk about the next seven or eight weeks is going to hit, hit you in the heart every week. Some of you are helping other people who are there. This is going to help you. But wisdom says this. You may be great this morning, but wisdom says, I'm going to file this away because I may not be great this time in six months or a year from now. Because if you live much longer, you're going to have some of these issues. In fact, let's begin with this. Life can just wear us down. Amen? You agree with that? In multiple ways, life can just wear us down. Now, my mother used to say, misery loves company. Did any of your mothers ever say that? What she was telling me was, you're going to get in trouble, and everybody else is going to be happy if they get in trouble with you because misery loves company. Mama was right. And if you are sad, depressed, anxious, burned out today, it's good to know that 2,000 years ago in Jesus' day, people were the same way. In verse 28, Jesus looked at this group of people, and he said, come to me, all you who are weary I can carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Really, you go back to Adam and Eve. I've started reading my Bible over again this year. Genesis chapter 4, well, really Genesis chapter 3, stress, anxiety, depression, overwhelm, burnout happened with Adam and Eve, didn't it? And then it happens in chapter 4 when one of the sons kills the other son. It's been going on from the beginning, and it'll go on until we get to heaven. What does it mean when Jesus says weary? It means to feel fatigued to feel tired. It's the picture of coming in after a day of hard labor. But one thing many of you know, and I know, is that you can work in the field and come in very tired. You can work in the office and come home very tired too. And there are two different types of tired, but both of them are, are very real. In fact, sometimes I think the emotional is worse than the, uh, the, the physical. He says, you who are weary and heavy burden. The word, the phrase heavy burden means to be overloaded, it means to be anxious. It's the picture you might pick, think of of a, a truck pulling a trailer that's got too much 
on the trailer. And the, the truck is being pulled backwards and the tires are getting deflated and it's not able to pull the load well. It's a strain on the, the vehicle and a strain on all the unfortunate people behind the trailer. You've seen that and you know what that's like. One of the areas in Jesus' day where the burden was was religiously. The Pharisees had made following Jesus Christ, or following God, excuse me, so difficult that it was a burden to try to be a God follower. And one of the things Jesus was addressing here in this subject was that, was talking about how religion had made them weary and worn them down. But, but it's not limited just to that. In Jesus' day, the Romans ruled the world. You think our government bothers you. Can you imagine living where you had a king who could, you could be killed at any time, especially if you weren't a Roman citizen, and that would just be that? It was a military state where Jesus and them lived. Roman soldiers everywhere. Roman soldier wanted you to do something. You did it or you might get speared. I mean, it, that, that's the kind of world they lived in. Heavy taxes. It was oppressive. A lot of Jewish people who Jesus would have been addressing here had low-paying jobs. It, they struggled. It was tough. They were uh, treated poorly by people who didn't like the Jewish people, faced a lot of prejudice and a lot of racism. They knew what it was like to be overwhelmed. So do we. As advanced as our world has become, one way we have gone backwards is how to help ourselves mentally and emotionally. I believe that with all my heart. And many of you are overwhelmed. Maybe it is from religion. We can help you with that. I promise following Jesus Christ shouldn't be a burden. You're not following him correctly if it is. But sometimes it's religion. Many of us, it's our jobs. Maybe you love your job. Maybe you hate your job. Even if you love your job, at times it can just overwhelm you. It can become burdensome and heavy and tough to you. If you're married, certainly not my marriage, but some of you, your spouse can be a heavy load to pull. They can be a burden. And you're saying amen, and they're going amen. They're saying, I'm watching. I'm watching both of your spouses. I'm watching both of you. But if you have any kind of extended family, you know, one of the silly things about uh, TV and TV is a lot of great things, but one of the silly things about it is everything's perfect, isn't it? My wife and daughter got into the Hallmark Christmas Channel this year. I'm going to tell you, if I didn't like to read, I may have been in an institution. <laughs> because Christmas is perfect at Hallmark. It snows every day. The bad people lose and the good guys win. That's just not life. Sometimes it's our family that's just overwhelming us. Sometimes it's our finances or it's our health, and it becomes kind of a catch-22. You get worried and stressed about your health, and your, your health in and of itself creates the psychological problems, and then you create the health problems. Maybe it's your politics and our government. Our world's a pretty tense place today, isn't it? really is. But we're not helping ourselves. In so many ways, we, we overwhelm with sports. We overwhelm with all kinds of different things. Good things, we're, we're overdoing it. I, I read in the Economist magazine, listen to the phrases they use talking about our society today. Just with the, the overwhelm of information, we're suffering from da- data uh, asphyxiation, <laughs> data smog, information fatigue syndrome, <laughs> A time famine. Wouldn't you agree with that? In, in 2017, worldwide, the average person, listen, the average person spent two hours and 15 minutes a day on some kind of social network, media, internet, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. 
And you go, well, that's a relief. That makes me feel better. The stats say just the opposite of that. The more time you spend on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, it says the more insecure that people are and the more depressed they are. Those social media things are bringing us down and stressing us, not helping us. We're stressed out, aren't we? As a world, listen to this. This is a few years old. I think these stats would be higher. Percentage of Americans who say they need more fun, 68. Need a long vacation, 67%. Often feel stressed, right at 70%. Feel time is crunched, 60%. Want less work and more play, 51%. Feel pressured to succeed, 50%. And feel overwhelmed most of the time of life, up to 50% of Americans. Wow. We know what it's like, don't we? And let me give you a second thought this morning that I think is so crucial. You have to learn how to handle this or you're going to pay a dear price. I'm speaking to you from experience as well as from the Bible. Those are two good teachers, aren't they? Experience is a bad teacher to have. It's good on the backside of it. It's not good while you're in the middle of it. But I say to you this morning, you're starting to twinge with some depression, some anxiety, some overwhelm, some burnout, some frustration. File this away a year from now when this crops up. God will use this and remind you of this. You better deal with it properly or it's going to deal with you. In verse 29 through 30, it says, Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. A yoke in Jesus' day, a yoke in our day, was a heavy wooden harness used to join animals together. We have a picture of a yoke, and let's see, James, we have also a picture of animals yoked together. You would put that yoke on two animals so they could plow the field, they could pull the wagon. Uh, It was essential for, for having them joined together. Now, Jesus was a carpenter. You know that, don't you? And carpenters in Jesus' day did a lot what carpenters do today. They made houses. They also fixed a lot of farm equipment, and one thing they did is they fitted, they fitted these yokes for animals. And if you had an animal that needed a yoke, you didn't go to Walmart and buy the generic yoke. You went to a carpenter, you brought your animal, they measured it, they, they did all, inspected it, everything. They, they wanted to fit that yoke perfectly because if the yoke did not fit perfectly, that was going to go bad. Dr. Paul Brand was a medical doctor and a missionary in India for years. And, and when he was in India, this was some time ago, but they still, instead of tractors, you, you used animals to plow the fields. You used animals to pull the wagons. And he said he, this passage came to, to light to him then because he saw that if a yoke did not fit an animal well, a lot of times everything was okay for a week or a month or two months. But what it was slowly doing, it was wearing pressure sores on that animal's back and shoulders. Little by little. And that, by the way, that's how a lot of this stuff gets you. Little by little by little. And he said eventually what happened was the animal couldn't work anymore. You couldn't put a yoke on it. It might get an infection and die. It, it, the animal was useless as far as pulling a wagon or pulling a load. Just because even if it didn't fit Perfectly, if it didn't fit just as it should, it was not going to go well. And Jesus 
talks about the yoke, not here, it, it more, it, it's in, instead of a literal, but a symbolic as a way of life. And what Jesus is saying to you and me here, the yoke, the way of life that you're doing, it better fit you. It better be, you better be trying to live the life as God designed you to live the life that he's called you to do. Because if it doesn't, it's going to wear you out. And looking back at my life, and next week or two, I may share a little more about this. I wore myself out over 20 years, not in two weeks. That's a lot of times how it happens. Those pressure sores, those depressions, those anxieties, those burnouts, that working too much. And you go, well, I I can do this, and you keep doing it, and you keep doing it, and you keep doing it. And then soon, uh, at some point, boom, you implode. That's what Jesus was saying. If you've got the wrong yoke on you that doesn't fit, you're doing life the way you shouldn't be doing it, the way everybody else does, the way the world does, the way you want to do, you need to understand eventually it's going to mess you up. It's going to take its toll on you. A professor at the University of California, San Francisco a guy named Dr. Eppel talks about chronic stress in one of his articles. And he said something I think you would agree. He said, chronic stress ages people. And it does. I mean, you see someone who's 40 who looks 60. Well, maybe they've, they've drank themselves silly. Maybe they've been a drug addict. Well, that's stress. Maybe they haven't done any of those things. They just work 60 hours a week and worry all the time. But stress does not do positive things to your health and to my health. I read a book last year on emotional intelligence, and I know what some of you are thinking, it didn't help. (laughs) But it was a good book, and one of the things the author talked about was anxiety, what anxiety, anxiousness does. It debilitates your brain. You, You eventually begin to not reason well. You lose your ability to understand and to remember things well. In other words, what Jesus is telling us here is so important that you do life the way everybody else does. You do life even the way your parents or family and friends tell you to. But you don't do it his way. You need to understand eventually it's going to crash in around you. The magazine The Weekly two years ago had a a very distressing article They called it an epidemic among middle-aged Americans. They'd done a study of two decades looking at at, at the death rates in America of people in their 50s and how it increased dramatically in the last 20 years. Here's what they saw in this. They saw suicides, alcohol-related deaths, drug-related deaths. And as they probed this more and they talked to people, what they found was, was a lot of these people were people that looked at their lives, they felt like, I'm a failure, I haven't accomplished what I needed to accomplish. They were depressed, they were anxious, they were unfulfilled. They had done their best, they'd burned out, and either they took their own life or literally their heart just collapsed and gave in on them. Take my words from Jesus this morning that the wrong yoke of life on you is going to crush you eventually. And so that's why this morning and this next few weeks, here's what I want to throw at you. The Jesus way is the way to be sane in an insane world. The Jesus way is the way to, to be healthy emotionally and psychologically. That's what we're unpacking this morning and in the next few weeks. Let me give you two thoughts from what Jesus says here Let me just pause, and I want to ask you, you don't have to raise your hands, but do you want to be healthy emotionally? 
Do do you want to be healthy psychologically? You want to sleep better at night? You want, to, you, want to, you want to go to sleep and stay asleep? That's what used to happen to me. I could go to sleep at 11 o'clock and I was up at 3 and couldn't go back to sleep. That's great, isn't it? And then you worry because you can't go back to sleep. And that helps a lot, doesn't it? Trust me, fighting, fighting your, your insomnia does not help your insomnia. And some of you are saying, if you're just spiritual, all this will go away. Mm-hmm. Works on cancer, doesn't it? Arthritis. I mean, if you're just spiritual, you'll never have arthritis. You with me? Yes, you need to be spiritual. It's the foundation for everything else. But the most spiritual people in the world are susceptible to this, maybe more than other people. What do we do? Number one, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus is what he says. Verse 28. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. The Greek, and Jesus lived in a Greek world, the Greek said, it is hard to find God. And, and we talked about this in Christmas. And Christmas, God said in Jesus Christ, here I am. And what Jesus said to them, and he says to you and me, I'm not hard to find. I'm not some abstract theological principle. Here I am, come to me. Isn't that great? You're stressed, you're worried, you're nervous. You're afraid you're going to die and go to hell. Jesus says, come to me. And that word come means exactly what you think it does. It means get off your duff and come to Jesus. It means we give the invitation in a moment. Some of you need to respond. Come to Jesus. It's motions towards him. And he says, I will give you rest. Listen, Jesus is speaking emphatically here. It's like if he had a pulpit and he didn't. But if he did, he was banging on it. And he was saying, listen, you're weary, you're burned out, you're tired, you're stressed. I will give you rest. There's two thoughts there. Number one, he can do it, correct? And then he wants to do it. Come to me is what Jesus says. And the word rest is a great biblical word. It does mean rest, but it means to be refreshed and and to be rejuvenated. Don't you like that? Jesus just doesn't want to stick you on a beach, which is nice. Jesus says, I want you to be able to live in Ruston and do well. I'm going to rest you and rejuvenate you and refresh, refresh you. How do you come to Jesus? First, you have to become a Christian. Some of you have never crossed that line with Christ. You've, you've been baptized, you've joined the church, you know the right answer, you've never been saved. You, you, you come to Jesus, first of all, by giving your life to him. Come to him this morning and, and give your life to him. But listen, as a Christian, many of us, we've come to Christ, but you know what we've done through the years? We've just, we've slowly pulled away, hadn't we? Because we're smarter than Jesus, and we know how to do life better than Jesus, And then we find ourselves slowly, inch by inch, we're a million miles away from Jesus. As a Christian, come back to him. And it's a daily process. Luke 9, 23, Jesus said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross every other month and follow me. Take up your cross how often? Daily. You don't get saved or re-saved daily, but Jesus says the process of being right with him is a daily thing. Hey, let me give you this thought. You know what the best thing that many of us could do this morning is? Is just snuggle up to Jesus. Just come to him, come back to him. And you know what? Here's what I want to do in my life. I want to get a hold of Jesus' robe, and I don't want to ever let go. 
I want to hold on to Him. Don't you? Come to Jesus is the first thing. Here's the second thing. We've got to do life Jesus' way. This is this yoke thing. Look in verse 29 again. Take my yoke upon you. Remember what I said? The the yoke's got to fit the animal just right. Or eventually it will will destroy the animal. And and the yoke is symbolic of a way of life. And and you've got to do, I've got to do life Jesus' way. I've got to decide I'm going to do how Jesus tells me to do it. Now, here's, it, it's neat. Jesus didn't have to, but listen to how he describes himself. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. This is a learning process because I am bold, tough, arrogant, sovereign, pushy God, right? Put that back on the screen. They don't believe that it says that because I'm humble. This is God speaking. I'm humble. And I'm gentle. Should I come to Jesus and do life his way? He goes, well, hey, let me tell you, I'm humble, I'm gentle, I'm tender. In other words, Jesus say, by the way, I'm not arrogant, I'm not pushy, I'm sweet, and I'm kind. That's pretty good, isn't it? Look in verse 30. For my yoke, my way of doing life is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is The word easy means good, and it means gentle. It means it fits just right. See, folks, the way God wants you to do life fits you. The reason so many of us are stressed, worried, and we don't have enough time, and we're unhappy, we're not doing life Jesus' way. Jesus' way of life fits us. It's made, tailor-made just for you. It's not a strain. You see, he he uses the word burden there. You go, oh, man, Jesus is going to burden me. The word burden there means load. And what Jesus is saying, again, I'm not going to just stick you on the beach forever. I'm going to stick you on the beach for a while. Then I'm going to bring you back and put you in the game. But but the load I'm going to give you to bear, you can carry it. It's, this is the picture of the truck carrying a load it can carry. How many of you at Christmas put too much in your hands and strained something? Only me, good grief, you lazy folks. You, I do that all the time. I don't want to make two trips, so I carry 18 things. And then I fall and have to put them down, and then I'm mad at Cindy for some reason. She's at work, but I'm still mad at her because she wasn't here to do it. Jesus is saying, this is, my, my way fits you just right. How many of you want life to fit you just right? You believe Jesus can pull that off? Now, in the second service, they're not going to know some of this, but you, you, a lot of you do. How many of you remember the day, if you were going to trim the weeds around the driveway, you did it with hand clippers? Folks, I'm telling you, if you hadn't done this, this is, when they look at ancient torture devices of the 60s and 70s, these will be, remember those old things? They were terrible. I mean, they're in hell doing that right now. And then my dad, we got uptown, we got big town, we got electric, you remember the electric ones? They were just as bad. You had to crawl on your hands and knees. I'm telling you, if I had to do that now, we would Monsanto bomb my yard and kill everything. I'm, that was terrible, wasn't it? If you've never experienced this, see me after church, and we're going to have you crawl around the sanctuary for an hour to get the feel of it. It was terrible. It was not agronomically correct. Amen? And then they came out with a weed eater. 
I don't necessarily love the weed eater. In fact, I hate the weed eater. But it is a thousand times better. A thousand times. Because it's made for us, isn't it? You can stand upright. You've got a shoulder harness. And you can walk around the yard after you pull it nine times to get it started, right? (laughs) See, a lot of us are, here's how we're doing life. We're crawling on our hands and knees with those, those old hand clippers. Jesus got a beautiful, good weed eater he wants to put on you. Again, one of the things the next week we're going to look at is the Jesus way. If you're taking notes, what is the Jesus way of doing life? It's putting him first. It's coming to church. This is maybe the most radical principle I'm fixing to tell you next that we're going to talk about the next few weeks. I don't want to tell you when or you won't come. It's taking one day off from work, from school, from sports, to rest and to have fun, to overeat and to worship. Doesn't that sound cool? No, 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 no. We're too busy. Okay, do it your way. I'll be here to help you when you crash. The Jesus way. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to try to follow my Bible. I'm going to serve other people. A lot of depression comes because we're too inward. I'm going to serve other people and be other-focused. I'm going I'm to be about God and people. I'm going to give my money. See, the Jesus way is completely different from our, our way of doing things, isn't it? But it fits you perfectly. fits you perfectly. How many of you have a, a, an e-book? If you know what an e-book is, have books electronically on a Kindle or something. Most of you probably do. You just don't want to raise your hands because you're asleep or, or whatever. But Did you know Amazon tracks when you underline or highlight something in that e-book? Big Brother. And this last year, they put out some, you know, top books that were sold and top things that were underlined. And they also put out the top things that were underlined in the Bible. Isn't that neat? What, now, now, this is rhetorical, so don't scream it. But if I was to ask you, what was the most highlighted verse in the, the electronic Bible last year? What would you, I would have thought John 3.16, right? I mean, for God so loved the world, you can't get any better than that. 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, wasn't those two. You know what it was? It was Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Now, if you don't know what those are, that is do not be anxious about anything, but instead by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Here's my thoughts on that. First of all, those are two awesome verses. The, the sad thing is, is you know why those are the most highlighted? Because we're so stressed and anxious and worried. Don't you figure? Here's what I want to tell you today. You're struggling emotionally. You will be at some point. Man, there is H-O-P-E for you. Isn't that great? There's absolute hope in Jesus Christ. If we will decide to do life His way. Will you? Let's pray. This morning, if you're a Christian, 
I hope you'll come back to God. You'll snuggle up to Him. Do life His way. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, or you're, if, you're unsure if you are, but you're ready today to cross that line with Him, pray with me. Pray with me where you are and just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I want to turn from my sins. And Jesus, I believe you're God's son and that you died and arose for me. Come into my heart, Jesus. And I surrender my life to you. Let me have your attention. We're going to stand in a moment. And like I said in a moment ago, you've got to respond. Maybe you just prayed and asked Christ in your heart. Are you ready to do that? We'll talk to you after church. We'd love to. Or you can come when we stand right now and cross that line with Christ. Do that. Maybe it's time to join our church. Man, we would love for you to. You could do that after church. Or you can come when we stand and join us this morning. You need a church home. And by the way, if God's leading you here, we need you here too. You're a Christian today. Maybe you're doing great with all this. Keep it up. Stay humble. Because I'm telling you, things can change quickly. Maybe you're a Christian and you're not where you need to be with God. That's never going to play out well. Maybe you're, you're here and, and your life is not going well. Man, we'd love to pray for you, to pray with you, come pray at the altar. But Christian, come to God and decide again to do life His way. The choice is ours. Let's make the right one. Let's stand as God leads you.